All right. Hello, guys. Uh, this is Girinath Arun from uh, Space Space Podcast. We are joining you for another podcast. We have Tom and Tina here. Hi, Tom and Tina. So yeah. they are from Phytham Space. Hi. They are from Phytham Space, uh, based on US and Stockholm, where uh, US and Sweden, basically, like... They're based on two different locations. And Phytham Space is one of the biggest space ventures uh, in US, like uh, which had the top 10 tech review by Aerospace and Defense Review magazine. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Tom and Tina. Thank you so much for your time. So yeah, you Thank can you just introduce, me. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so yes, Tom and Tina. Uh, Talking about Phytham Space, maybe you guys can introduce a little bit about yourselves and uh, we can go further. Yeah, so my name is uh, Tina Sjogren. I was uh, born in Czechoslovakia um, during the Soviet uh, occupation. My family was part of the resistance, which uh, forced my mother to uh, flee the country with myself and my kid brother. So she took us to Sweden. Uh, just like you hear here, why Sweden? Well, the tickets were cheaper <laughs> than going to America, where she actually wanted to go originally. And so we went to Sweden. And that's when I met Tom. Tom was at the Stockholm School of Economics. Uh, I was doing. I was. I had a career at the Swedish uh, television after studying science. And after a while, Tom and I this, this decided this was not the life for us. So we, Tom, dropped out of the Stockholm School of Economics. I dropped out of my career. We took odd jobs, saved up enough money to take us around the world for about a year and a half backpacking. <laughs> when we came back, we decided we wanted to do more of that. But to do more of that, we needed money. So we started a business to be able to make a lot of money fast. It didn't go as easy as we had imagined. <laughs> so we went through a couple of uh, hard times. But in the end, we did make uh, uh, money enough to take us around the world. And the farther we went, the more we dared. So in Finally, we ended up climbing Mount Everest, skiing to the South Pole and to the North Pole and doing really wild adventures like that. During those expeditions, we were sponsored by Ericsson, which is a technology company. And they wanted us to give them information wherever we were. Now, this was before smartphones. This was before even sat big satellites. There was a satellite system, they had gone bankrupt which led us into the path of technology. We had to start to engineer our own technology, very lightweight technology to be able to uh, uh, make our sponsors happy. And so this technology eventually became a technology company that we took to the United States. And it also brought us into engineering, which we did for 15 years, including seven years in Silicon Valley. And from there, the step wasn't, uh, far enough for space because now we now we um, uh, notice that we have technology today that we didn't have 50 years ago that's making um, uh, um, space possible in a completely different way than we used to have during the Apollo times. So that's my short version. <laughs> Over to you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Tina. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did DNA tests and uh, 
you do it with 23andMe or one of these companies. Mm -hmm. And it seems like after the last ice age, 10,000 years mm -hmm. ago, people like me left Europe and went up to Sweden because um, salmon fishing was much better up there. And that's my background. <laughs> <laughs> my family stayed in Sweden for 10,000 years. And then one day, one of these salmon fishermen met Tina. <laughs> and that changed my life completely. <laughs> And the whole badge of the certain salmon fishermen in northern Sweden. So Tina was very, our background is, uh, has formed also this company. And Tina mm -hmm. was very adventurous when we met. Mm -hmm. uh, she grew up in the projects in Sweden. Uh, I grew up in the middle class family just outside Stockholm. And I was very much into sports. I did anything from sailing to skiing to figure skating. I was competing all the time. Uh, and uh, then I met Tina and we kind of, I made her, uh, I introduced Tina to sports and she introduced me to the- To adventure. To adventure. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, thank you so much, Tom. Uh, a little bit more further about starting of Fight on Space. Uh, when this idea came to you guys, uh, like when, when this idea popped up in your minds, at, at which which time period? I, I think that's really hard to say, to be honest with you. I mean, I always wanted to go to space since I was a little girl. I just didn't think mm -hmm. it was possible. And so as the years went by, you know, when we, it's pretty amazing to do things that you didn't think that you could do. Because it makes you realize that you can do a lot more than you thought was possible. And so that's what happened with us when we started to, you know, when we managed to climb Mount Everest. We did it in an independent expeditions. And then we went to the South and North Pole. After we had done all that, we were like, oh my God, what else can we do? And then, you know, when we came to Silicon Valley, all of a sudden we discovered this new technology. We discovered new people getting into space that were not getting into space in the earlier times. Elon Musk, of course, he was not a space engineer. He was a software engineer. And he came in and just totally broke new grounds with his money. And in his wake, the rest of us follow. So I can't really tell you when. Just at some point, we realized that, oh, my God, you know, maybe it is possible for people like us to start reaching for the stars. And I think it happened somewhere after Silicon Valley, right? Maybe five years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. What she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we decided not to do it. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh don't worry about cracking jokes in my podcast we guys are meant to have like my podcast if you listen even to my previous episodes mm -hmm. we guys are meant like my, my main intention more more, more uh, podcasts are based you know like they take it very in a serious way but yeah. there is no casual podcast which focuses on space and technology uh people people just talk in more formal way and mm -hmm. they miss the fun about talking people in space exactly. like yeah. th this creates like a gap between the space professionals and the common people 
So the main intention why I started this was, you know, like to make sure that space is accessible for everyone. Space is fun, you know, like space, like pe- people think that, you know, it's a very serious, so serious subject and uh, they think that's it's the like thing. rocket science. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's so good. You are saying that, mm. Jared. Yeah. So we actually have some roots when we have uh, people coming in here to Python uh, and we employ them and uh, we say the first thing is uh, it's perfectly okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to be negative. Yeah. That's, you know, because that's, if we can work positive, have fun while we build rockets and spacecrafts, you know, it's going to be so much faster and it's going to be so much more worthwhile. Yeah. People ask me sometimes, Tina, why aren't you interested in space anymore? And I tell them, because you make it boring. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like, kind of agree with what Tom and you are saying, because, you know, like the main thing uh what people from space industry is lacking is that there are more technical people, but there are very less people who can make it more fun and, uh, you know, reachable to more people. So that, that, that that's uh, another important thing. And uh, let's talk about a little bit more about the technological solutions which were provided by Phytham Space and the difficulties which you faced uh, during you know, establishing all, all these uh, technological developments in Phytham. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Tom, it's your stage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, the technical solution, so basically we have something we work on right now and we have a long-term goal. And the long-term goal is to build a complete space transportation system that's human-rated, and that includes rockets, spacecraft, and landers for Mars, Moon, um, asteroids, and, and, and Jupiter one, or Jupiter's moons, moons one day. Um, but every big goal needs to have a first step. And our first step is to build a small launcher. That launcher can take up 150 kilo of satellites. It's a very hot market right now. Uh, there are only one working rocket like that today, Rocket Lab from New Zealand that now are in the US. Uh, there are about, around the world, there are about 10 projects that are serious that are building rockets like that. So it's not, not that many, and they're all over. There's one in India, there's one in Singapore, there's one in Australia, one in South Korea. We are two in US, three in US, and two in Britain. That's it. China. Uh, and China. Oh, how can I forget China? <laughs> <laughs> well, in China, we don't really know, but it seems to be yeah. two or three in China. Um, so building the rocket small launcher um, is, is a technical challenge, but I have to say it's really not that big of a technical challenge. It's probably harder to build a car than to build a rocket of this size. Uh, That said, it's a lot of things that need to, and I'm talking about the technical part. When it comes to actually licensing and things like that, it might be much harder to build a rocket than it is to build a car. Um, The problems we encounter are not that many actually, or 
it depends what you mean with a problem. Problems that stop the development are not very common. Uh, otherwise, we have problems every single day, but we solve them every single day and just move on. Great. All right, all right, let's go. I would like to add one thing about our technology. So the interesting part with us is that we, uh, we have a different kind of propellant than what is normally used. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also have in-house developed rocket engine. So uh, many of the uh, rocket companies out there, they actually buy the engines. We actually made our own. And this comes from the fact that we are explorers. So we, when we start to look at space, we looked at what kind of hardware is available today. And we saw, we started to look at Mars and we saw that, you know, we have already rockets that have been able to deliver, uh, um, uh, deliver things to Mars. We even have had landers landing on Mars. We have been doing that for 50 years now. So the only thing we don't have is something that can leave Mars, an ascender. So we did not plan on building rockets to begin with. We plan on building a lander that could also ascend from Mars to take us back home. And we actually planned to buy the ride. But then uh, there was a DARPA challenge. DARPA is like a technology. Uh, how, what's, what's the short for it? You guys can, can look it's it up. It's a development arm, research and development arm of the U.S. military. Yeah. And they, mm -hmm. they set up a challenge a couple of years ago. They wanted people to build them a rocket that could um, launch anytime from anywhere. And for uh, several strange reasons, we got involved in that challenge. We didn't mean to, but it just happened. And so when we talked to those people arranging this, con uh, this contest and FAA, they told us, you guys, we told them, look, we are not, we, we don't build rockets, we build, we build landers and ascenders. And they said, well, but your technology is really interesting just because it's different. See if you can design a rocket out of that. And that's what got us started on rockets actually. Yeah. And uh, so you're so talking. Sorry to interrupt. You're talking about the Eager rocket, which is in uh, Phytham's website, yeah? Or that's is it correct. something different? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, and so you. that's so that's how we came about to actually build the rocket with a complete different system, and that is really interesting. We use uh, propellants that are storable; they are not cryogenic. We have a little bit different approach to the engine propulsion system. So um, yeah, so so we are different, and this is why. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for answering that. I also see that some interesting projects are going on with Iger Lander and uh, all like oh, sorry Iger Rocket, Olympus Lander, and uh, Spaceship yeah. for Phytham. So, do you guys have any other updates other than this for people to know, or or, or is is it the three things you're focusing on right so now? Yeah, we are focusing on these three things and we don't talk that much about them, but we're actually building for all three at the same time. So it's a unified mm -hmm. propulsion technology that can be used, like Tina said, throughout mm -hmm. the system. So when we de de develop our um, pressurization system, we invented a new way mm -hmm. of pressurizing without mm -hmm. using turbo pumps that has mm -hmm. proven to be very effective. We reached twice the chamber pressure of our competitors in the same class. Uh, when we do, do that, uh, we also develop for 
Mars or the asteroids, because exactly the same engine can be used across. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talking about Eagle Rocket, when I was checking on uh, your website, uh, it's like they can assemble anywhere at any time, yeah? Like, uh, as Tina was saying earlier. So if you guys have a potential client anywhere in Europe or let's say in in, uh, any other Asian regions or Africa, you can assemble it like how you guys like uh, take the logistics you guys uh, built there uh, by setting up a unit or you guys uh, ship them or or something like that? No, we would actually set them up on in situ on place Mm -hmm. where it would be. And we are flying from Scotland and we are flying from uh, Northern Sweden next Mm -hmm. year. And we will uh, build the rockets together at both places. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let's see. Uh, I will be eager to see your your launch. And if everything goes well, maybe I can even stream it, you know, on my Twitch or in YouTube and check out what's going on. That would be really cool. So, yeah, I like a quick query about the spaceship, which you guys are like. Uh, maybe most of the people who are listening, they wouldn't have been able to join uh, the space convention, but the way you guys presented the spaceship was really interesting. And uh, like, is, is it like you guys are developing or you guys have the equations or like the mathematical solutions for creating it? Yes. Yeah, so we have a mathematical solution for it. We haven't mm-hmm. built any prototypes or anything yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, we are using a lot of the technology technology we're using for the rocket, the Eiger, mm-hmm. uh, over at the spacecraft. I think the most important part of this space spaceship is that it's uh, rotating. It's a small rotating uh, design. There are two things that are... are um, uh, unusual. The first is the size. Like everything we build, it's much smaller than convention. <laughs> con- convention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is uh, it has adjustable artificial gravity in the arms. So the arms are actually retractable. So you can have one type of gravity on one side, say Mars gravity, and then you can have Earth gravity on the other other side. So that's a new thing. That and- that's. Uh- that's for acclimatization. This is actually for mountaineering. You need to acclimate uh, for the different heights of the mountains. And in this case, you acclimate, uh, acclimate for the different uh, gravity situations, environments. Yeah. yeah, I remember I was working in a Kinostat when it was an analog astronaut mission. So basically, mm-hmm. we set up uh, the rotational speeds of the device, which, you know, like ah. you, you, you keep it on uh, a Kinostat and you adjust it according to the angle. Then you yeah. start the rotation. So, yeah, I think it's okay. like a basic principle, but in a bigger scale. So That's right. this yeah. is like qu- quite really interesting because in the presentation in ISC, where our times are very limited, we have, you know, like very less time to understand all the topics. So, yeah, now, you know, like I'm also get- learning a little bit more about the spaceship, which is quite interesting. Yeah, talking about uh, Mars and uh, the spaceship interplanetary journeys. So what's your perspective on uh, the Martian exploration uh, and your views on making it more sustainable? What what are the things which we are currently lacking on? So so when you you use the word sustainable, I guess it's in the uh, 
like repeatable, that it will not stop happening like the moon did, but actually continue to happen, right? Is that what you mean? No, I mean like uh, sustainable in the sense, you know, uh, more saving more energy like uh, in the journey or uh, more efficient, uh, efficient, yeah. Yes, so uh, that, of course, is, uh, it will be sustainable if it's small. Now, (laughs) the smaller it is, the less energy, of course. I think, uh, so we have two types of approaches here. One is uh, one shot or one is the approach of uh, Elon Musk and Starship. Mm -hmm. You go really, really big and uh, you aim at building colonies on Mars, Mm -hmm. the first thing you do. Or you do it the explorer's way, that the exploration very often have been done, most of the time have been done, has been done uh, throughout our history. And that's going very cheap, light, and fast. Mm-hmm. And you don't go to build a colony, you go there to examine if a colony could be built, what kind of use you could get of going there maybe we go to mars with two people and we found out oh this planet is completely this, useless this planet <laughs> sucks <laughs> so, so that's our that's that's the legs of our the basic legs of our approach you know go really light go really fast go really cheap and then build from there uh, now that we are talking about the environment honestly that's really interesting as well i think um uh, to save our environment on this planet Earth space is a big, big chance for us. A lot of people are thinking, shouldn't we solve the problems on this planet before we invest money in going to space? I say, you know, we are going to solve the problems on this planet by going to space. And there are several reasons for that. Number one, what's num- one thing that's really interesting with our propulsion system is actually um, it's uh, bio, what do you call it, bio... Um, it's really it's, good for the nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because actually, our propellant is made of corn of the cobs, and, and even byproducts of the corn of the cobs and fertilize. It's very natural. So that's one thing that's really good. But the second thing is that, you know, when we go to space, on Earth today, we are running out of everything. We are running out of platinum, you know, all of these things that we need to make electric vehicles, solar panels, all of that. People don't really realize that, you know, we're talking 15, 20 years here. But when we go to space, we have things like space-based solar power, where we actually place arrays of solar panels in space, beam that energy down to Earth, distribute um, uh, to households, and that is that that has a potential to give us free energy to the end of time. Uh, we have asteroids that come in intervals to our planet. They're loaded with metals and minerals that we desperately need on this planet. And that we are right now, you know, retrieving, scarring this uh, uh, planet really, really bad. So actually, if we start to use the resources in space, we have a potential to transform this planet into a park. 
Yeah. And I know Jesus mentioned that, and I agree with him on at least that point. <laughs> <laughs> this is really a good point, like re really a strong message to the people who are listening. Maybe they can come up with any solutions and contact you guys as well. I'll just drop okay. your contact as sure. well, you know, like uh, drop uh, the Fightum Space contact so that if they have any kind of ideas or something, they We can. Are all in. Yeah, yeah. So that would be really fine for the people. And yeah, let's talk uh, a little bit further more about, let, 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 let's see what's the topic we didn't cover. Like uh, you, since you guys are based on US and what what is the situation of current space industry in US and what are your expectations in the upcoming years for the space enthusiasts and space uh, people in US? So Tina and I have been, as Tina said in the beginning, we have been traveling all around the world. And for us, this is truly one planet. And the borders are truly used there to, I don't really know why they're there, but, <laughs> you know, we are... Well, for cultural identity. Yeah, it's, yeah we've been... Families, we're just one world. Yeah. So we've yeah. been, Tina and I have been to, uh, we're closing in on almost 100 countries. And we have friends all over the world, and we have found out that people are about the same all over the world. And um, we are not a U.S. company. We truly are a global company. And we're going to, we are building here right now, but we also are in Stockholm. We're also uh, flying. We're going to fly from Sweden. We're going to fly from Scotland. We are going to fly from Florida, from Kennedy. You know, and we are open. Maybe we go fly from Australia or very exciting what's happening in Africa right now. It's a yeah. lot of yeah. very smart yeah. people getting more and more money and more and more access to technology. Yeah. Um, so let's, um, I just want to say that first, what happens with the space industry in the United States was actually your question. Well, it's very government, um, what is it? The government is- Regulated, yeah. It's regulated, but not only that. Government is the customer all the time, mm. and is which is, but it's not really true because ninety six percent of all satellites sent up the first six months this year were actually commercial. But the government is putting in a lot of money in the industry, and we all have to think about if that's actually the right way to make these new launchers go. Um, I was looking at Elon Musk and SpaceX revenues for the last uh, for this year expected, mm -hmm. and it seems like the absolute majority again is government, and uh, it it shouldn't be th that way. I don't think that government should, and actually government itself in U.S. said we want commercial to be taking care of all the satellites and all that stuff. And we should only work on the moon and exploration and you, some R&D. But that's not really what we are seeing, what we see happening right now. And I think we need to get commercial forces coming in because only commercial forces can make the prices drop considerably. And we need to drop, look at the new space launch system for the cost of developing one of these rockets, we could have bought 400 Falcon 9. 400 Falcon 9 for one government SLS. Um, so um, I, I would like to add to this now. 
that all that said, America is the land of pioneers. And yeah. that's why we are here <laughs> to, to begin with. I mean, Elon Musk, he broke through this, he's here. So I think that's a great part about America, that they, they, some things are actually easier here. And uh, just the whole spirit is much more forgiving. You know, if you fail, it's not such a big deal as it can be sometimes in good old Sweden and places like that. Now, I think one thing I have to applaud my new country for is the SpaceX. What's the, I don't know the full name of it. It came, it came I, think, I think, under the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. What it does is that it actually, um, it's, it's a document that guarantees the safety of commercial enterprises in space. And I think this is really, really important yeah. because that's not yeah. what China wants. They want the government and the government only to have access to space. I think that this would be a, trage a tragedy for humanity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a little bit the same vibes right now from Europe, and that's that's not okay. We have to work against that. And I think for for these kind of movements, America is still really the country for us to to be in and cheer on. You know, let us all make sure that space again becomes a, a place for pioneers and for us all, not yeah. only governments and not only billionaires. Because only yeah. then we will go out there and stay. And so what we want, we want our rocket and our system be so affordable, so simple, that actually, remember how Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, they wanted a computer on every desk? Well, yeah. we want the rocket in every backyard. Yeah. <laughs> the, the yeah so this is something more inspirational to be honest i also agree with that commercial uh, like protection of commercial space enterprises because it's really important when yeah when it comes to europe we have a lot of restrictions as you said because personally as myself uh what i see absorbed from the european space enterprises is they're having the same kind of struggle when uh, they want to commercialize their product so, exactly yeah, yeah. that's that's we not really good all the time so yeah we, we yeah. keep hearing that but, but hey we can beat them <laughs> yeah 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 for sure like space should be accessible for everyone and uh, yeah for, for the and people that's why pricing that's yeah. why pricing is so important you don't yeah. need to spend one billion dollar to build a small rocket yeah. You can build it on a fraction of that. We are building out on a fraction. Some other people are doing it as well. And how many rockets are right now being built in uh, Lithuania? None. None, to be honest. That That's another reason why I jumped into Lithuania, because, you know, like when there is, when you don't find anything, any changes there, uh, mm. you, you, I think you should be the first one to do it. And I'm like, Okay, there is no no people, so that, maybe uh, you know, yeah. like I can jump in and try to talk with people, bring their enterprises, or talk with people and bring their you know like ideas and put them together and uh, build something when, when there is like no opportunities. And we we just have some CubeSat companies which who are doing really a great job, and yeah. And we can see nano avionics and fancy aerospace, as you saw in the space convention. 
where uh, they're trying to bring their own products. And it's really fantastic, to be honest. When they have the CubeSats, who is going to like launch their payloads? That's that's my main question, you know, like we need to have yeah. a person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, co- contact fight them space. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. one thing that's interesting in Lithuania, though, and these uh, in, in neighborhoods is the bioengineering. So from what I hear, you guys are pretty big in bioengineering. You yeah. have a lot of biohackers over there. And that could be another entry into space for you guys. Because And then now we're talking space pharma and biolabs. That's going to blow up in space. Because, you know, as we said uh, during our talk, and when Columbus discovered Americas, one of the big advantages, one of the big, uh, uh, what would you say, attributions from his voyage was actually to medicine. So many drugs today, cancer drugs, are still derivatives from plants found in the Amazon rainforest. So if you look, if you compare that to space, so what can we expect from space? Well, chemicals that are mixed in space actually form different structures. Crystals grow larger, they grow more um, detailed. So you guys, maybe your thing is going to be to start a whole um, space pharma industry with completely new drugs that are going to be really important for our health down here and longevity. Yeah, that's really amazing. So yeah, as Tina was talking about the biotechnology, yeah, Lithuania is uh, going more faster in biotechnology and uh, photonics especially. Uh, I think... Lithuania and Sweden are the rivals when it comes to internet. Basically, uh-huh. yeah, I think it's Lithuania and Sweden, uh, we guys have the same uh, internet service providers like Telia, who is yeah. one of the top, top most people in uh, telecommunications. Uh, so, I didn't know that. I, Telia is, Telia is a Swedish uh, company, and I didn't know they were doing it in Lithuania as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I use Telia for my home internet, and it's quite very fast, you know, like compared to other other places. So yeah, yeah. yeah Swedish Swedish connection is the best, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. You know, Sw- Swedish connections are the best. Uh, sorry, Tina. We guys were talking about the internet uh, connection. In, uh... Yeah, now we can go back talking yeah, about the girl, girl things like yeah, yeah, like. like like farming in space. Yeah. Yeah. F- farming in space. Yeah. Lithuania is uh, working on some biotechnology. And um, like we have a lot of biotechnology laboratories where they focus on the space. Uh, so, not the space, I mean, like the farming where they can clone the DNA and stuff. Like, and they bring a new plant. And yeah. So, some, some things which going on with the food technology. Uh, mm. Yeah, I also even know some of my friends who worked in creating a new kind of uh, food food products. You know, and yeah. you know, Jire, there is a huge business opportunity here because yeah. you can count on. So we have a pretty good clue on what's happening with our competitors in the small class below five hundred up to space, but also what's happening in the one among the one ton rockets 1000 to 1500 kilo and some people have said uh, you know it's not many of those companies will succeed i'm not so sure about that i think they have been working for quite 
some time now, and I think there will be a lot of new rocket companies coming out. Mm -hmm. And with those rocket companies coming out, they are going to start offering. Everybody says, "Oh, but you know, this ride share be Elon Musk." But that's that's not enough. That's one part of the market. But if you want to go to specific places, if you want to be closer to have have a, from your nation, be closer to actually where you send up the rocket and don't have to California, which is pretty nice, of course. But you know, still. There are going to be a lot of opportunities and all these rockets are going to compete with each other. And that is going to drive down the price a lot. And now suddenly when you drive down the price a lot, we can start looking at new business cases within 3D printing, pharma, solar, all these different things. And actually none of us really know what these business cases are right now. Now we say, oh, it's satellites and it's, you know, checking where Russia is in Ukraine right now, but yeah. it's much, much more than that. And um, and, indeed... it will, and it will take us farther and farther. And that's my vision, you know, because when we start going to Mars and all these other places, who knows what we're going to find out there? You know, when we have been doing discovery on this planet, we discovered things that just took us farther and farther and farther. That's what's going to happen when we go to space yeah. as well. And of course, all of us, we want to go to Alpha Centauri. We want to go to other stars. We don't know how to do that right now. Yeah. But maybe we're going to find the answers out there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Very much. No, I, I was talking Not about sure. business cases and ended up on Alpha Centauri. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 still uh, it's it's like qu quite a good message you know like uh yeah we, we guys are still you know like figuring out the things and it can create new business cases as well for interplanetary journeys where people want to go to the mars for one year or two years and come back you know yeah. maybe the price uh, price will be different when it comes to the different companies maybe spacex can offer for one price Blue Origin can offer phone price. Maybe Phytum Space has their launcher and lander. Yeah, you guys can offer for one price yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's not only about prices; it's about the accessibility as well. Yeah. When you go with SpaceX, even on rideshare, you have to wait in line. It's like a bus, yeah. you know. You have to organize yourself about that. With Python, we are like an Uber, so you're getting your own rocket, you know. So that can be more interesting in yeah. different business cases. There's going to be a place for all of us. Yeah, and I also saw that you guys are looking for, you know, payloads. Like, you guys, like, is it like same way like Uber is working? We guys can give the payloads and you guys launch it in space, or is yeah. it we have we have a waiting time of some period? Well, what we really want to do, we had that ad that was mm -hmm. out looking for payloads, and uh, but it's also for us to tell, we don't necessarily need payloads from the government, now I'm there again, uh, from the government or universities or something like that. We are more interested in innovative people, young or old, that are coming up with something and are actually thinking, wow, if I can do this, I'm going to make a lot of money. It doesn't yeah. all need to be research and like that. Mm. It, 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 and research is driven by capital, commercialists. Yeah. 
I know I'm going to say all these bad words right now. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, uh, I'm Market. on the same side. Don't worry about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so we can speak freely. Uh, yeah, you, you can talk freely. Yeah. It is a scary one. Profit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, and that's what we're looking for. At, we can, if someone comes up with a really good idea and say, yeah. hey, I'm in my garage and um, I came up with this really weird thing, but you know, this could this could be supermarket, but I need to get it up to test it, suborbital or orbital or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have a lot of money. We are very open to negotiate about that. We could maybe, maybe we can do deal. Maybe we can be the investors in the company as well, or just give a really good price, whatever. So uh, we are open for that. All right, all right. <laughs> One of our first payloads may actually be, we have been talking about it with a company. So they have some kind of maggots that apparently eat, <coughs> eat plastics and turn all that into Protein. foods, proteins. Protein. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, really um, cool. that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Because, you know, like when you want to launch some, you know, like living organisms in space, that's, that's where every space company really, you know, like think twice or thrice before, you know, putting them on uh, their payloads and sending them yeah. to space. So, yeah, I think you guys are one of the very less space companies I know who are talking about sending maggots to space. Uh, because, because, you know, <laughs> usually usually you don't find this kind of people who who, who wants to send it on their on their own uh, rockets you know they, they they really think about it because i was uh, trying to talk with another person in poland from agsh uh, warsha university they are trying to send bees into the space with their small scale rocket so if maybe nice. they're listening to it and if they're <laughs> interesting interested to for a collaboration maybe they can contact you because their rocket is really small like a miniature one not the mm -hmm. bigger ones like 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 what you guys are doing i saw that you guys are working on a manufacturing unit you guys are working on the cnc mission like when, when i saw this website i was like oh my god you guys are do really really doing a lot of job you know like when, when it comes to the space companies they don't post what they are doing especially when it comes to manufacturing sector they don't talk about what they work on the manufacturing side yeah but yeah. Well, we did that because we want people to be inspired by us you know just like we once were inspired by elon musk you know we were thinking yeah. this regular guy okay he's got a regular guy with like 100 million dollars but still yeah. <laughs> you know and it's, we were still inspired by you know he just started building and so that's what we are doing and that's why we share it on the website to show everybody it's not only about clean rooms and you know stuff like that you can actually do a whole lot in your own backyard so it's just to inspire yeah. people and building yeah. rockets building rockets is actually a lot more welding than we thought from the beginning yeah. <laughs> it's about getting your hands dirty and building a lot of stuff of course you can also buy it from resuppliers uh, subcontractors that are flight qualified and so on and uh, put it all together but that's going to be an expensive rocket mm -hmm. if you want to build it cheap uh, build it yourself everything we get 
we get the aluminum in here in pipes and um, sheets, and then we just bend it and cut it, and then we weld it. The welder didn't work work very well, so then we bought a, a fiber laser welder, and uh, we still had warping. Then we invented a robot that could actually weld seams, oh. and we built the robot ourselves from Arduinos and raspberries mm. and smaller uh, motors. And then the robot was still having warping. Well, then we took, then we added CO2 freezing, CO2 snow freezing just like 20 millimeters behind the well. And now we have a perfect well, no warping, and we can build the propellant tank in five hours. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, that's, you know, like, something which you put in the plant like uh, i saw that what you guys are doing in your manufacturing plant on uh like on the website it was like really transparent on what you guys are doing and uh, yeah. you, usually people some like as i was saying earlier in this part uh, uh about this part no one posts about what they're doing and this is really something cool and yeah, as I said, you know, like if someone has an idea, they can just try to contact you and work on their thesis as well. Th these of things course, yeah. are the ones which we guys are working for. The, for our These kind of things are the ones we are working for our final thesis as well. Most of the students in bachelor's diploma, they find a little bit of struggle when they're working on the projects. And most of them, what whom I was talking, and I was also trying to search for a space-based project, but... Uh, you know what happened and i was working on an internet of things uh, beehive project nice it, it it was really cool you know like where you find the amount of bees inside and we ended up designing like a mobile application it was designed by another colleagues and i was the person who was responsible for the electronic part of the beehive so that's so, really yeah. interesting yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I was, you know, like more into finding people from space at that time. But yeah. there were like almost none uh, when I started searching because it was the end of 2020. And, uh -huh. you know, like there, there, there were like very less space companies in Europe. And maybe, yeah. you know, like in 2021 and 2022, we have more space companies hoping in and trying to showcase their product in space expos and uh, space conventions. But at that time, everything was very limited and the people were like, they didn't give much access to the people for the public. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it's all. And sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, you, you can continue, you know, like, no, I don't. You know, we we often say that you know mm -hmm. when Christopher Columbus sailed to the Americas, mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. wasn't the first sailor in Europe back then in Portugal or Spain, and his wasn't the first boat. There were thousands of skilled sailors, much more skilled than him. There were thousands of boats. So how come nobody went farther? Well, they didn't go farther because of fear. Because when the queen, Spanish queen, went to them and asked, what do you think about this Columbus guy, this crazy Portuguese? They all said, yeah, he's a crazy Portuguese. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> and, you know, so she said, but why can't we go there? And they were like, 
because you know you're gonna fall off the edge of the world. We've been there. We know that. And there will be dragons. You will. They will throw fire flames at you. You know because that's what they believe. And then there was this one guy who was much less skilled. Didn't have any boats. He was just like you know. I'm gonna try. Yeah. And that's yeah. what made all the difference. Just one guy. And we have the same thing in all exploration. We see it in space right now. And what's important here is that after Columbus broke through this mental barrier, uh, barrier, I think it's barrier. called, yeah. yeah, the waters filled behind him with all these sailors now following in his path, you know, and that just opened up everything, including new science and all of that. We know that if we look at history, that's what we see is going to happen in space. And I don't think we are very far off. Yeah. And almost this is like the last question, uh, which I'm going to ask. I don't want to take much okay. of your time. So the last question, what is your message for the people who are trying to create their own enterprise in space or their own startup in the industry? Just start it and you are going to just start it and never give up. You're going to figure it out on the way and uh, there will be dragons, but uh, not as bad as they tell you. <laughs> Think of it as starting mm -hmm. as if you were a plumber or a carpenter or something like this. Don't don't apply for a grant and wait for the grant to come in and work on the grant for nine months and then you know it's going to be too slow. Start your thing, then you can apply for a grant anyway. But you know, start your thing and start building yeah. right away. Not only do your CADs and your things actually bring out your hammer and your screwdriver or whatever you need to put it all together but just start doing it all right all right and yeah any end notes for the people um see you in space <laughs> stay positive <laughs> all right thank you so much tom and tina for joining this podcast and it's been yeah, an honor having... to have you guys you know like and especially on the weekend, it's it's really, you know, like I'm really grateful for your time. So yes. Thank you for having us. And we're going to Take the mountains. We're going to the mountains hiking now. Yeah. <laughs> we have 